Welcome to the Chromecast, the official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. This episode is brought to you by Visor. Do you manage your school district's Chromebooks? If you're tasked with keeping track of Chromebook repairs, loaners, swap outs, and warranties, you need Visor. Visor is a cloud-based Chromebook management solution designed specifically for school districts. Visor seamlessly integrates with the Google Admin Console and your student information system, simplifying Chromebook one-to-one programs. With Visor, you can easily see which student has which Chromebook, manage repairs, and even remotely disable lost or stolen devices while notifying parents all in one click. To find out how Visor can help your school manage Chromebooks and to lock in 20% off, head over to visor.cloud slash unboxed. That's V-I-Z-O-R dot cloud slash unboxed, or just click the link in the show notes. Hey, what's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. Today, we have an interview episode, a five questions interview episode with Jen Chen, who is the UX director of Chrome OS at Google. Jen's been focused on Chrome OS since 2013, and so she had some great insights on the design philosophies of Chrome OS and what it might look like in the future. So without any further ado, here's my interview with Jen. Alrighty, Jen, thanks so much for taking some time to join me on the Chromecast podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we uh, we were we were getting caught up a little bit here beforehand, and I was I was uh, telling you about this format, the five questions. So we're gonna we're gonna try to we're gonna try to work through these five questions, see where it gets us. As I was saying, I will often get off script, so we'll we'll just see what happens. But we're gonna we're just gonna hop right into it if that's cool with you. That sounds great. Let's do All it. All right, cool. All right, so first question, Jen. What are some of the biggest ways the UX and design philosophies have changed for Chrome OS? And has it been more of an evolution or have there been these big pivots where things changed? Yeah, it's such a great question because I think, you know, looking back, I can say that it's both an evolution and big pivots. Uh, And sometimes the Big pivots have been a result of tons of just kind of learnings along the way. And the fact that computing itself has changed so much over the past decade plus, right? Like think about how we're, how ubiquitous phones are today when they didn't used to be that ubiquitous, right? Uh, or, you know, the way that people use all kinds of different technology today and how much technology has changed and improved over time. Uh, so I would say one of the biggest ways that we've kind of changed um, in, in a word, I would say is like increasing flexibility. So I think we started out with a very, you know, let's try and keep things as simple as possible. Let's reduce everything to all of their basic elements and really like challenge what a computer should be. So in the very, very early days, it was like, oh, let's make a full screen browser and try to make everything happen there. And we'll, we'll add a few things in like networking, et cetera, that we think are pretty important. Uh, but what are, what are the basic building blocks of what you need to do on a computer, knowing that it changed a lot over time, right? And we really wanted to challenge ourselves to think about how simple that could be. Um, Turns out a lot of that was way too constrained. So if you think about like really early Chrome OS, it was just like, oh, you have a really big monitor. Suddenly you have to read like this, like turn left to right Mm -hmm. to read something that doesn't feel really great. Uh, And so we realized we needed to create a lot of flexibility in terms of how people do task management. So ultimately people are using, you know, their computers to get things done. Same is true for Chromebooks. 
So we really need to think about meeting users where they were, while also kind of challenging and changing some of the things that we thought we could improve about computing. So one of my favorite examples is window controls. They didn't exist in the very early days of Chrome OS. And we were like, who needs that? Who needs to think about like where your window should go and have to move stuff around? Uh, and so eventually we were like, oh, everybody does because the way you and I get things done is really different. Um, you know, the size of window, having that very granular flexibility, we couldn't necessarily pin you into a constrained window management system all the time. And so we really did want to introduce, and that was one of the big pivots, freeform window management, which was our big like aura launch and moment to say like, hey, instead of making it this whole constrained environment with a few tools to kind of tweak things here or there, uh, let's make sure people don't feel claustrophobic. Things like a wallpaper are super helpful for, you know, I was, was going to bring up the wallpaper. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Like it was what we called like null space or just having some, you know, empty space that wasn't occupied by content, help things breathe and help you understand like where your tasks were. Um, and then we, you know, eventually added more bells and whistles to our window management controls where we were like, you know what? We actually do think things like minimize are pretty useful or, you know, being able to do things like dock windows, et cetera. And that might not be something everybody uses, but we really do want to, you know, evolve that over time. So things like desks, finally, very recently, actually, just a couple of years ago, became part of our, you know, productivity window management suite where we're like, okay, you got to do a lot of different things. We want to give you the right tools to organize. And so I think that's been one of the interesting tensions is like, we have this mantra, which we call powerful simplicity. Uh, it's something that we and our marketing team, you know, have gone into, you know, the sunset together with, or we're just like, you know, that's actually a really, really interesting tension that we want to maintain, which is how do we make sure that you have all the power to get the things done that you need to do while keeping things simple enough that you're not overwhelmed with, you know, now you basically have to do a ton of setup. You have to like configure everything. So how do we find things like smart defaults or, you know, put a few things that are a little bit under the rug so that folks who are really motivated can find them, but people don't accidentally stumble into them. So I think that's the interesting philosophy tension over time where it's like, okay, we used to go really, really hard on the simple piece. Now, how do we make sure we're incorporating enough of the power in there uh, to make sure that we're evolving with our users? Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and, and the evolution of it has been so incredible. We have so many uh, of our readers and viewers and listeners who a lot of them have been with Chrome OS from the beginning. Um, but then we have a lot of people, especially during the yeah. pandemic, who are brand new users. And we saw this really interesting thing, especially in like our Discord community, where we have some folks that are new and some old, where... I didn't know I could do that on my Chromebook. Yeah. And that's even that's even a series that we're starting to do on on social, which is did you know your Chromebook? Did you know your Chromebook could do yeah, this? Did you know your awesome. Chromebook could do this? Um and and it's so cool to have that powerful simplicity where you get this new user, my mom, you know, I bought my mom a Chromebook. And you know, she's able to open it up and get on Facebook, do what she needs to do, you know, send her emails. But then somebody like Robbie, who's a web developer by trade, can build our website and do back-end coding and all this crazy stuff that he does so this 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 powerful simplicity i love that i don't yeah that that's fantastic and the wallpaper i'm glad you mentioned that uh <laughs> Miletus was telling us that story and, and uh i've always i've always loved that it's like well 
I guess people do kind of want a wallpaper. <laughs> this, they like, do. Customization I mean, again, it, when you we know. were trying to oversimplify things, I would say in the beginning, mm-hmm. it was helpful because it helped us know like what we needed to introduce. It's harder to take things away than it is to introduce them over time because mm. you know, people get used to things like their settings, especially if they set things up a certain way. Uh, we kind of joke about it as like moving the user's cheese. I'm sure you might have heard that term somewhere before from some other folks, but we don't want to move your cheese. If you put your cheese like on the table and then we're suddenly like, oh, now it's on this chair over here that's yeah, not very over here helpful mm-hmm. or nice. Uh, so we really want to be careful about, again, balancing that configurability with those smart defaults and also like eventual evolution over time, knowing that the way you use your computer and the way we all use our computers uh, are going to change. What's a what's a release that comes to mind when you think about some of these big pivots or like, you know, you, you, you talked about it's kind of a, a bit of both of evolution and pivots. What's maybe one that comes to mind where it was like these things, maybe I have one in mind, but there's these things that like built built up to this one release and there was like some uh, kind of monumental shift or some big things that happened. What's one that comes to mind for you? Yeah, definitely our app strategy. Um, that's been huge for us. Uh, we started out Chrome OS really thinking about like, oh, you know, it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day what your operating system is like because the content and what you're trying to do on your device is what matters. Uh, and so we started out Chrome OS thinking we could build this whole new rich ecosystem with Chrome apps, et cetera. Uh, and we soon realized that it's really, really hard to get developers to change to a whole brand new thing, especially when there aren't a whole lot of users on it yet. <laughs> and also, as we were thinking about you know developers and applications, there's this huge shift in terms of a bunch of mobile developers coming online. And mobile development being something that people are really, really interested and focused on. Um, And so we realized that that was kind of part of this future of like how application development was going to go. And we really thought that that was something we couldn't not incorporate into the operating system in some way. You may remember the little old launcher, which we like literally designed to look like a phone. I kid you not. We were like, let's make this look like a phone size and also layout in terms of, you know, your apps and things like that that you can click on. Um, and so I think we realized a lot of the paradigms were going to shift, but also the content and where you were going to like get Instagram or get whatever, you know, content and, you know, productivity applications uh, was largely shifting to another platform that wasn't just the web. That being said, we never thought of it as an either or. Uh, and I think that's still true today, right? You think about the number of uh, websites you use or the number of sites that you use from within an app even and how all of these things are really important in melding with each other and so I think we realized like okay developers are not going to be thinking about just one or the other they're really going to be thinking about both uh, how can we really embrace that and think about that as the evolution of like quote-unquote desktop computing because desktop computing doesn't really exist anymore like we all do things across all these different form factors and devices uh, and how we use each of them is distinct, but really interrelated, right? Like the, you do some things on your phone that you probably also do in your Chromebook and vice versa. Yeah, we, we love we love the the progression of, of PWAs. And and we always say, you know, it's like people really don't really don't. Sometimes people don't even know where they're they're getting it where it doesn't matter where it's coming from they just want their stuff yeah you know and so having this option the variety of options is great all right so there we have some design philosophies we love it that's that's great let's move on to the next one how are you all thinking how are you all thinking about uh the future of designing for multiple types of form factors and in particular 
you know, we're always interested in tablets and uh, detachables, uh, but also Chrome bases and we still see a, a ton of uh, clamshells being sold. And, and then, of course, now you have Flex out there where, where all of these, you know, older PCs that uh, were, were going to get tossed in the trash are now getting a new life with Chrome OS Flex. So how are you all thinking about the future of designing for those multiple platforms? And what is that strategy like? It's a great question. And I love that you're also a huge fan of all these, like, alternate form factors, which are going to become mm-hmm. more and more mainstream, I think. Um, really, I think what I'm excited about and what the team's excited about, uh, and I think one of the things that Chrome OS has become actually, you know, really focused on is modularity and interoperability, right? It's really thinking about how these things can work in tandem. And I'm just thinking about our original tablet UI, which was, let's just make things slightly bigger (laughs) and then you can poke it with your finger and we're good. Like that obviously didn't work. And so we spend a lot of time because Chrome OS has a really uh, broad portfolio in terms of device types, like thinking about all of this multimodal input. So your finger and my finger are different sizes. Not everybody may have fingers to you know, touch a screen with. They may be using a stylus or they may have an accessibility device uh, that they're using or a screen reader or something like that. Uh, and so a lot of it is really thinking about the fact that humans are all very different and Therefore, devices also need to be really different and need to be able to adapt to their needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, as a person who nerds out on how, like, people interact with devices, I'm really excited by that challenge because I think it's real in terms of how we're already using a lot of these devices today. And so, can we create a really modular experience that can basically serve those needs? Um, so, accessibility is one I'm, I'm excited about because we, we talk a lot about what we call situational Disabilities too, like disability is super common, but we also know that you and I will, we might break a finger or we might even have, uh, you know, hands that are full that we can't really type with, uh, that we suddenly need to like get something down. So how do we deal with those situations? Uh, In which case things like voice might become more important or, you know, you're on the plane and suddenly you're not allowed to use a, you know, laptop computer anymore, but a tablet somehow is okay. So without a keyboard, like how can we make that experience uh, feel right? Knowing that you don't have the precision of, you know, a secondary input mechanism. Uh, So I think the modularity piece is really real. And the cool thing about the Chrome OS device fleet is we actually have to stress test that all the time. And we're like, oh, not only do we have these all-in-one devices, but they are also touchscreens, but they're a different kind of touchscreen than one that you hold close to your body, right? Uh, and so, you know, forcing you to do things like poke your screen to interact is really tiring. Uh, so we really needed to rethink some of the rules and principles we had, knowing how each of these devices are used in context. And things like Flux are a really great example, too, because that's really challenging, like, okay, we no longer have the same hardware requirements, um, you know, which is one of the cool things about working in Chrome OS that I don't know that everyone knows about, which is we actually have requirements we give OEMs down to the hardware level. Uh, you know, everything like keyboard layout, et cetera, like especially important in classrooms where kids are sharing devices and they shouldn't have to relearn the layout or how to type based on if it was made by Acer or Asus, right? Uh, so those are the types of things we felt really strongly about also hardware back security, et cetera. And so with Chrome OS Flex, we're challenging ourselves in modularity in a whole different way, which is like, oh, well, we don't even know what this hardware is. Can we make sure it works well with 
the device. And also we set user expectations in the right way where they're not expecting exactly the same experience because sure. it may not have a touchscreen. It may not have all these things that we, you know, require for a Chromebook uh, if it's built, um, you know, off of our reference boards. Uh, and so those are the types of things that we, you know, are thinking about in terms of that flexibility and modularity, which will allow for, I think, again, this future usage of, you shouldn't have to care. You shouldn't have to care where the app come from, comes from or, you know, mm-hmm, what technology mm-hmm. or runtime is behind it. You just want to get your show or you just want to get to this like doc or email or something like that. Uh, and you shouldn't have to think about those things. So a lot of it is us figuring out ways to be as an operating system, your steward uh, in presenting you the right information in the right way with the tools you have at your disposal. What's what's some of the biggest inspiration for, for you or, or for the team uh, as a whole uh, for design and for and for UX? Yeah, it's really funny. Um, we're all giant operating system nerds, uh, mm-hmm. which is really funny. Like there's some folks on the team who I'm not even kidding, like have shown me their grade school photos of like things they drew in terms of like trying to figure out like what a computer should look like, et cetera. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, I think ultimately a lot of us are just kind of naturally predisposed to like this really interesting type of design, which is not designing content, but it's designing like the surrounding container that's meant to be pretty invisible. Most of the time we're trying to get out of your way uh, more often than not. Uh, and so I'd say a lot of our inspiration comes from using all these types of different things together in the world and finding patterns that we think are really useful. Uh, so I'm a nerd who looks at everything, like I was just in the airport the other day and I was like, oh, what are they running to show all the displays? Let me see if I can pick that out. Like, how are they actually, you know, collecting input or, you know, determining whether or not you're the right person when you're masked? Like, how are they doing mm-hmm. those types of things? Um, and like, what kinds of technology are people using at various steps of the way? So, you know, we'll, we'll look at watches, we'll look at phones, we'll look at tablets, we'll look at things that, you know, might be completely just conceptual UI elements that come out in the world. Uh, And we also try and use a lot of things, um, as well as, you know, get inspiration from each other. Uh, One of the things that our team did recently was a -a design-a-thon, which was just going pure blue sky. You know, we had some new folks on the team who hadn't, you know, been on Chrome OS for very long, have some ideas, which, you know, we may have attempted in the past, or we brought up some, like, old concepts uh, to kind of riff on or questions, you know, that folks might have about areas that they're not working on, but they're like, oh, has the team ever thought about doing it X, Y, or Z way? And so I think there's a lot about like looking at the work with fresh eyes that's also really exciting and interesting uh, and also drawing inspiration from just like how we get stuff done day to day. Like there's a lot of things right. um, that we see in user testing, which like isn't technology, but paper is a good example of something where we're just like, oh, how are people using paper, which you and I use in our day-to-day work, despite you know being folks who are really into technology? Like that remains something as that's a, really as yeah, I have exactly. my printed questions right, right in right front now. of me. Yeah, um, and so that that tells me that we have needs that can't be digitized. And like, what is it about this tangible experience of writing something down? Uh, that we can explore and like think about how we might be able to incorporate into some of our tools. So there's a ton of different inspiration, I think, out in the real world, as well as, you know, just us being nerds looking at different operating systems of, you know, fiction, as well as, you know, actual real life things. What sort of cross-pollination or like what sort of um, co-working or input do you all have from, from maybe you know, we talked about apps in the in Android. So how much 
how much input are you all getting from that team and working with them to develop Android apps for Chrome OS and what that might look like? Yep or just other teams at Google in, in general? Yeah, I think that's one of the amazing things about working at Google is just the variety of uh, projects and just like access to talent internally that you have to just kind of bounce sure. ideas off of each other. Uh, so with Android in particular, we do have a ton of actually immediately mutually beneficial work. I'll go back to our Arc apps and Android apps. We started kind of pushing on things like resizability for the phone before there were phones that really cared about doing it all that much. Uh, and the reason was that we needed to have resizable apps on Chrome OS. Uh, and so all these things take a really long time. I think for developers, they, they have a long lead time, right? In terms of developer adoption, et cetera, especially third-party developer adoption. Uh, and now I think, you know, that we're looking at large screens together where, you know, Android wants to think about tablets as well. That actually benefits all of us. That's more eyeballs for developers uh, in terms of screens and users that they can reach. Uh, and it also helps us create much more cohesive design guidelines in terms of, hey, here's how an app should behave if, if there's you know, a stylus involved or if there's you know, a keyboard involved or how we should think about things like resizability, touch targets, et cetera. So a lot of the Arc++ work has actually been directly adopted because we built it into Android. Mm. <laughs> Uh, by Android it. and Android developers, which is cool because that also helps, you know, seed large screen app quality in general across the fleet, regardless of whether it's Chrome OS or Android. Uh, so things like that, I think, are really just natural cross-pollination. And then we also do some, you know, cross-collaboration and sharing when it comes to just like, hey, is the, you know, Chrome team thinking about how to manage tasks? How do we want to really do some of that together? Because we know that Chrome is a hugely important thing for Chrome OS, right? Uh, and vice versa, like Chrome OS is this really friendly platform for, for Chrome. Uh, so really thinking about ways that we could work together uh, and some things that we've worked pretty directly on together. So we work with, for instance, um, this is more of a like visual design element, uh, our wallpaper and themes for Chrome. Uh, we've worked together with a few artists to come up with a cohesive suite of things where it's like, hey, here's what the Chrome OS wallpaper will look like. Here's what the Chrome thing would look like. And we want it to all feel really cohesive and look really, you know, intentional together rather than, oh, I see the same wallpaper on my new tab page as I do on my background. Uh, that kind of right. Thing. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, we, we, we sometimes talk about with uh, uh, kind of rising tide lifting all ships yep. with Android apps, you know, um, because... Uh, developers are incentivized to build where where people are and yep. where 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 their apps are being used and yep. so if we can make them better on Chrome OS and encourage people to use those apps on larger screens and especially as as Google is is planning for uh, for a new you know Pixel tablet it's like you know a Android tablets are out there and yep. there's a lot of larger screen uh, you know use cases for your app so so that's awesome that's that's great to hear that you all are, are working with them and kind of uh, working in tandem absolutely uh, we never know you know because it's so funny it's like people always think that Google's this big huge uh, company and everybody yep. knows each other and everybody's working together but in reality it's it's like hey here's a team here working on something there's a team over here working on something you may totally. not. Uh, always have that that interconnectivity um so that's good to hear yeah. uh okay so so next question how do you all decide on the capabilities of pre-installed apps like gallery cursive mm -hmm. which i really love screencast another one i love awesome. uh uh and um 
Like how many of those features are you all trying to build out of the box versus how many of those features are you relying on third-party developers to, to build out for the platform? Yeah, it's a really great question. And we ask ourselves this question all the time, by the way, because we're just like, ah, we can't possibly build every app in the world, nor should we, right? That doesn't really make sense. Um, like, and there's some pretty easy ones where we're like, oh, it already exists at Google. An email client, for instance, it turns out like a lot of people like Gmail. So let's lean into that. Um, and so there are some things where we didn't build it at all, but we leaned into the fact that Google already had a really great experience. Uh, and we just really want to make that feel at home on Chrome OS. Uh, so we didn't right, build right. like our own mail client as one example. We started out without, without our own file manager because we were like, maybe it can just be dry. But it turns out local file management, very important. So we needed to build something and we're continuing to build that experience to be much more robust. Um, and so I think there's a lot around like, does it exist yet? <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, is there an actual user need behind it? Uh, and if so, like, does it make sense for us to leverage something that already exists or build it ourselves? So Cursive is a good example where we were really excited about Stylus and the possibilities of what one could do with Stylus. And it's not innovative in the sense that, like, ultimately it's a, like, note-taking app. Like, it's not solving a, a new need. But we also saw the potential for what one could do with Stylus, again, taking inspiration from things like paper and saying, you know what, like, we're not trying to cannibalize all of the, you know, apps in the world that do note taking. We just want to show what Chrome OS note taking could be. Um, and so that's the type of thing where mm. we were just like, great, we'll build it and we will happily embrace all the new, hopefully note taking apps where people look at what we're able to do in Chrome OS and get excited about building their own thing or adapting it and making sure it works really well for our devices. Uh, gallery is one experience where we were just like, that just needs to exist in the same way as the file manager needs to exist, where we're just like, well, you kind of need to open stuff and preview things on a device. Like we shouldn't ask you to install it. That's a very common user journey. Uh, it's something we all expect to have on our computers, but I'll give you an example of where we were like, let's not do our own thing, which is our partnership with the photos team. We're like, Google Photos is like very well-known product, very beloved product. Instead of creating our own like photo management experience or even like video, lightweight video editing experience beyond, you know, basic edits, we really wanted to make it much more integrated to the rest of your photos and the rest of your videos that you're already taking and managing using this very familiar product. Um, that's also not to say that Photos is going to be the new Photoshop, right? Or Figma, we're like, okay, that's another echelon of tool where if you're, you know, really into like photo editing, etc., uh, you might want to get Lightroom. And we're not going right. to, all these things are actually complementary to each other, right? Uh, you know, someone who's a Final Cut Pro user will probably find something like Gallery or Google Photos editing, like not quite to par. But if what you want to do is get something really quickly onto social media, we don't want to make you install like 15 things to get you know, that end experience. And we also don't think everything should have to come with a paywall, ideally, right? Like these are common enough journeys where we're like, you know what, we need to build it into the operating system and this needs to just be available. Will it have every single bell and whistle under the sun? No, but that's okay because there are other apps that do that. Right. And it's that, and, and as you're talking through this, I just keep thinking of power, powerful simplicity. It's like, yep. you know, you're, you're kind of de developing and building some of these things in-house to get, you know the the basic use case accomplished for yep. for most users yeah. it's the it's somebody like me that that you know edits 
crazy 4K raw video that, you know, I need a little bit more of a, a solution. But yep. most people out there, when they're trying to put out a video on social media, can now do it with a tool that's kind of built in. And, and we love that. How much how much of, of the, the kind of new features and things that you all are building are coming from user testing and feedback versus kind of like future casting and, and trying to kind of innovate and do something different? Yeah, it's a really great question. And I think when we think about user feedback, it's often not exactly verbatim. Oftentimes users mm -hmm. are saying something between the lines in terms of what their underlying needs are. So I think we're very inspired by watching our users and also from hearing from folks like yourself uh, who use our product a lot and have ideas and things like that where we're like, huh, we'll always just ask the question why. So it won't be, uh huh, you know, Joe says he wants X, therefore we shall do X. It's like, why does Joe want X? What is, he, mm -hmm. what is Joe trying to do? And then we think about that some and we're, we're able to kind of then experiment to say like, is there an obvious thing that we should do? Or is there a new way that's worth trying for us to do? Uh, so I'll give a little bit of a controversial example, which is our tote feature, uh, which I know a lot of users are still figuring out like, okay, how is this useful? You know, is this useful? Is this just extra clutter, et cetera? But that came from us trying to think about the desktop dumping ground use case. Uh, so you'll notice we still don't have the ability to drag whatever you want onto your wallpaper. Uh, and because we're trying to preserve some of that simplicity, we're trying to understand the why. Why do you want to put stuff there? And it turns out a lot of people put stuff there because they know where it is. It's like really easy to find because you just like threw it in a place where you'll kind of always see it. You'll be able to get it, etc. But it does create a lot of clutter, right? And eventually you have too many things on there. And if you're anything like me and my old operating systems, I had like a desktop one folder that I would eventually create desktop two and then like oh, yeah. eventually get frustrated oh, and like yeah. delete a bunch of stuff. Uh, so we wanted to really investigate that use case and think about, okay, is there something that we could do to solve that in a more innovative or interesting way uh, rather than just making a desktop dumping ground? And so the one of the insights we had was like, huh, if you take like a screenshot, you're probably gonna wanna use that kind of soon. So can we auto copy it to your clipboard? Can we make things like multi-paste possible so that mm -hmm, you can mm -hmm. not worry about losing stuff if you take a screenshot and auto copies to your clipboard? Um, can we also make it possible for you to get always on top access to something so you can drag it into an email? Like you take a screenshot, you wanna send it to somebody, wouldn't it be better if it was on top of things instead of underneath everything else? Uh, so those are the types of things that we think about, again, between the lines, which is like, user says, I want to put stuff on my desktop. And we're like, oh, you're used to it. You're used to that. We understand that. The thing you're trying to solve is like, how do I find the thing I'm looking for quickly? And so what we are trying to do is figure out ways that we can accelerate that, um, which is like, ah, if you take a screenshot, you have a pretty good indication that that's probably something you're going to want soon. Or if you use something a whole lot, uh, that's probably a good indication that you're going to probably want access to that again. Uh, so those are the types of things that we are trying to do in terms of balancing like direct user feedback is really interrogating that why and then mm -hmm. thinking about, mm -hmm. okay, how can we create something that solves that need? Uh, and that might very well be, you know, exactly what exists today or what they asked for, but it might not. I love that. It's it's a bit of an investigation of uh, of the question in not just being reactive. You know, totally. um, we always kind of try to take that approach in in business and in kind of the things that we do. Totally. And uh, and and I think it's a good philosophy to have when you're thinking about problems and, and solving for problems. Uh, 
you you mentioned the the desktop being the dumping ground the the macbook that we use for video editing probably doesn't get uh the love that uh, the the chromebooks do around here and i, I did check the other day i had like because especially when you're working on design type stuff or video editing, you, there might be a lot of screen grabs or totally. screen recordings that we've done, different things. It was like 150 items on the desktop. And I was <laughs> like, this is getting out of control. Yeah. Is, uh, we're going to have to clear this out soon. Totally. Uh, so, totally. so let's let's switch gears for our last question and kind of talk about the future. I know we talked about this a little bit with, with kind of the different types of, of platforms and you're thinking around this, but... Let's kind of take a, a big step back. And, yeah. and for somebody, uh, you know, like us or for somebody listening who's just really excited about Chrome OS and excited about the future, you know, what are some of the ways that you all are thinking about the future of design for Chrome OS? Yeah, and I am really excited about this question, probably for obvious reasons. Um, and I think one of the things that I've learned in my time working on Chrome OS is just how empowering computing can be in terms of uplifting people uh, and making it possible for them to really build a future. Like things like education rely so much on technology today and increasingly so, right? Um, you know, 2020, everyone went to Zoom school basically, right? Um, and really thinking about how we can be the right tool at the right time for people is something I'm really excited about. Um, so it can manifest in lots of different ways, but it really comes down to that matter of like personalization and being for you uh, and adapting to your needs. Um, and so material is one of these things where we started out with a material shall look like X and like this is the design language and it can be very recognizable. Uh, and one of the ways that Google as a whole has kind of changed its philosophy on how we present design is there needs to be an amount of you in it. And it's not just choosing one thing or another, but it's really trying to make sure we're adapted to be customized so you, you feel like you're at home and it feels like this is something that belongs to you uh, and is tailored for you and your needs. And so I think that's really one of the most exciting and inspiring things like from visual design all the way down to interaction and product design, which is how do we make sure that we're incorporating user needs in a way that they feel is really reflected in the tool they're using so that it feels like an extra limb. It doesn't mm. feel like something they have to fight or they have to like spend a lot of time setting up, but it just feels like it can anticipate their needs. It can get out of the way. And it actually feels like is that extra hand or arm, like helping them do tasks in a way that they wouldn't be able to get done otherwise. Uh, I know that's a really nebulous <laughs> answer in some ways, but I think that's really an exciting challenge when I think about computing because what we're trying to do is augment like human potential at the end of the day. Uh, and how can we do that without understanding who you are as an individual, knowing that people aren't all the same? Um, and so that's, I think, one of the exciting things about that future of design. Also terrifying because that's really complicated or it has the potential for tons of complexity, right? Uh, and so again, that comes down to that like powerful simplicity push and pull, which is like, okay, how do we introduce power? How do we introduce customization and like personalization without being creepy and overstepping bounds without making it such that, you know, people feel very locked into certain behaviors and we don't, we aren't able to help things evolve over time. And also uh, in a way that preserves that simplicity where it feels natural and it doesn't feel like you're having to 
set up this very complicated experience. Right. So, you know, we've 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 been loving Material U on on Pixel and and we've been curious how that will evolve or or roll into Chrome OS yeah. because of what you just said because oh. You know your 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 device that you sit down to either do your schoolwork on or your uh, you know your job on or mm-hmm. consume content on your Chromebook. You know it's a different experience than your phone. Like people can 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 have maybe a little bit more of a robust customization uh, with their with their phone versus yeah. maybe their lab their laptop or their Chromebook. How are you all thinking about that? And is is it does it really just come down to that simplicity of making sure that Chrome OS is still that like I keep coming back to it, but you know the powerful yeah. simplicity and the modularity that you do have, or or, or are you going to lean in more to to Material U down the road? Yeah, we are definitely leaning into Material U, and I think the reason it was named Material U is because it is trying to take that personalization into account. Uh, and one of the things that we've been thinking a lot about, um, and the Material team has been too, is like how can we make you feel like this is a, a home experience for you or an experience that feels tailored to you without making you make 50 different choices, right? What should the typography look like? What should, you know, the size of the shelf look like? Or should your icons be round or not, etc.? Like, how do we try and abstract some of this so we can understand enough about you uh, to, you know, have you make one choice and make some smart defaults after it? Uh, one good example is something that we're thinking a lot about, which is called semantic color. So you make one choice. That's something like your avatar or your wallpaper. We can probably take a lot of hints from that. Uh, So instead of you saying like, well, now I'd like my window bar to be colored X, Y, or Z, we kind of know what might look good together based on, you know, what you chose. You have a cute dog as your background. Like Mm -hmm. it's probably your pet, your beloved pet. And we can take cues from that and theme everything to feel much more at home. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we take cues from a developer where they may have a really strong and important color scheme uh, and balance that against your, exa- your existing like color palette. So things like that feel very subtle. But if you remember the old days of things like Windows, you could bespoke pick a bunch of these things. And we don't think you should have to. Uh, right. We want to do things like, again, we introduced dark light mode as a forcing function for us to be like, okay, how good are we at being able to like think about how things work in concert together? Uh, and we built that in part so we could prepare for things like Material U, uh, which is can we create a design system where we can, again, take some input and change a bunch of things all at once uh, while not asking the user to go in and change all of those individual elements. But we do that right. for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, the old days of, of Android, uh, I was I was definitely into rooting and, totally. and doing all of these different launchers <laughs> and finding all these crazy things. And, you know, those are fun, but there were times I definitely broke broke phones and, (laughs) you know, would end up going through all of this stuff to change all the colors and do all this and have this launcher and then it would crash and I'd be like, oh no, I gotta, I gotta do something else here. We would prefer that didn't happen to you, so. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, it's like, it's like, how can we make that as, as simple as possible and, and allow people to still get that layer of customization? Uh, That's, that's, that's really interesting. Well, Jen, thanks so much for taking the time. The, I, we asked way more than five questions, but there That's were okay. five core questions in there. <laughs> I, I do I do promise. Uh, but we do appreciate you taking the time. This has been an interview that I've really been looking forward to. Um, I love design. Uh, some of some of what I studied in school was was design and design is one of those things that can it's it's kind of behind the scenes sometimes. Right. It's these little subtle t- touches that someone maybe spent a lot of time thinking about that add to this overall experience. And, and we love 
the powerful simplicity of, of Chrome OS and we love uh, the evolution of it. It, it makes me it makes me think that I want to do want to get with the editorial team and do like an article that shows some of the evolution if we can figure out a way to like go back and get some of these screen grabs of the evolution of the design of of I've Chrome OS. Maybe we can work work with you all the in the past. Yeah, but I have some things to share if you do. All right, all right. Well, we'll we'll be in touch. But. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thanks so much, Jen. I really do appreciate it. I think this is going to be a good episode, and I think uh, people will people will definitely learn some things about the the UX and the the work and the 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 thought uh, that you all are putting into Chrome OS. So I do appreciate it. Absolutely, and thank you for the opportunity to come on. It was super nice to chat in person and not just you know listen to your podcast or you know I read I love it. I love it. You write about us. Hey, we we appreciate it. We appreciate it, and maybe uh, at some time in the future we can uh, do a do a live episode in person. So we'll see. Sounds great. All awesome. right, Jen. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. We'll we'll catch you next time. See you. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.